0: United Lutheran Seminary presents the Seminary Explorers podcast, conversations on faith, art, people, politics, theology, life, and more, with voices from around the corner and
1: around the globe.
0: Good day. My name is Nelson Strobit and welcome to the Seminary Explorers. Today, my guest is uh, Dr. Elizabeth Viti, who is Professor Emeriti of French language and literature from Gettysburg College and who's also um, in the Department of Women, Gender, and Sexuality program, correct? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Um, I'm gonna get jump right into it and uh, uh, we're gonna be discussing in the next few minutes a woman of uh, great renown in the 20th century and that is um, Simone de Beauvoir, right, and, uh, and for those in, I'm going to ask, uh, who is, or who was, Simone de Beauvoir?
1: Simone de Beauvoir is probably the most celebrated French feminist, and American feminists hold her in very high esteem. Uh, She did not call herself a feminist until later in life. She was born in 1908 so well before the second wave of feminism, well before the term was used. But her text, The Second Sex, is probably the most influential of all texts that serve the second wave of feminism in the United States and in France as well.
0: Right, okay. Um, well, uh, her name comes up in, you know, uh, in various circles, but what reason do you think Uh, that she continues to be an important person in the 21st century.
1: When we think about gender, which is a phenomenon that we all have been talking about uh, very recently and for many, many years now, gender, the notion of gender begins with Simone de Beauvoir. She, Her famous statement, one is not born a woman, one becomes one, is really at the origin of gender. In other words, she makes it clear that femininity is a social construct, just as masculinity would be a social construct. So just for that notion alone, the idea that gender is different from biology is crucial. As far as the 21st century is concerned, uh, the title, the second sex, is particularly interesting in French, in that in French the title is le deuxième sex. It's not le second sex. And the reason is there is a different uh, difference in French between the use of deuxième and second. With second, it means that there's only two of something. Right. That's why we prefer to refer to la Seconde Guerre Mondiale. We hope not, there's not going to be a third world war. Um, with deuxième, there's a troisième, a quatrième. There could be a third, fourth, fifth, and so she opens the notion of uh, multiple sexes. There's not just male and female. Perhaps perhaps there is something else which opens us to the 21st century phenomenon of transgender, the difference between cisgender, etc. So she has marked both the 20 20th
0: and the 21st century. Yeah, yeah and certainly that, that is, as you said, that is part of our news conversation uh, uh, today uh, and, and will continue uh, uh, for a while, quite a while as states and, and school systems and government agencies and private agencies deal with the, the notion of gender.
1: Well, I think it's, I, I had to fill out a form uh, for an x ray recently and it asks your gender at birth and your gender now oh ah. yes so even medical forms governmental forms of all types are making this distinction
0: exactly exactly um, i want to press you a little bit further on uh, with uh, simone de beauvoir and ask you how did you become interested in this uh, this uh, writer philosopher etc
1: i was thinking about that, because when I was in grad school, the late uh, 70s, early 80s, um, I was at NYU, there was no feminist approach to literature in the French department at NYU. So I wasn't introduced to it there. But in 1985, I went to an NEH summer seminar that was devoted to feminist theory. And so that really launched my interest in feminism in all its forms, French feminism in all its forms. And, of course, she is key. But she is much more appreciated in the United States than uh, Beauvoir is in France. Oh, really?
0: Yes. Could you explain that?
1: Well, I think the French have a very difficult time getting away from l'éternel féminin, this notion that there is some feminine Essence, you know. Think about that well-worn expression "vive la différence." So, long-lived difference, long-lived difference between men and women. So, just as I always think about how Americans have a difficult time with uh, weapons and um, trying to get away from guns, we always think that the latest tragedy is going to somehow move uh, our attitudes in America towards guns. The same is true in France with sexual harassment with the relationship between men and women. So um, Beauvoir has simply not had the impact in France as she has in the U.S. and it could be just the fact that she is French and the French don't appreciate her the way she may. they may appreciate someone from another country.
0: Right, exactly, exactly.
1: <clears throat> For example, there was no effort to save her apartment. After she died, the, uh, her adopted daughter, Sylvie Le de Beauvoir, didn't think about saving it. Um, those of us who admire her would love to have visited. I mean, there's so many places in Paris that are monuments classés.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Because of so-and-so lived there, but yeah. uh, she was not treated in the same way. Okay. There are two moments in, or two places in, in Paris where she is uh, recognized La Passerelle, that goes over the Seine by the new Bibliothèque Nationale, mm. and then um, Boulevard Saint Germain, right in front of um, Le Café au de Mago, oui. there is a street sign Sartre Beauvoir.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting the difference in how we treat uh, uh, intellectuals, uh, you know, in 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 our countries, in the United States or in France or in Europe in general. Um, for those in our listening audience who who might be curious about finding out more about uh, this personality, um, where do, where would you suggest that they begin?
1: Um, Well, of course, her favorite book, and the most well-known, is The Second Sex. She was, as I said, that was her favorite book. Now, um, I don't necessarily suggest that you read the entirety, but certainly read the introduction to The Second Sex because it reflects the um, lens through which she's going to be looking at the role of women in society, that is existentialism. She makes that very clear in in the introduction. Mm -hmm. And also what would be particularly fascinating to Americans is it reflects her first visit to the United States in 1947. So in the introduction to the second sex, she frequently refers to African-Americans, but she refers to them as Negroes, which was the word used at the time. And also Jews, because Nelson Algren, Jewish writer, was her lover. And yes, and they remained lovers for many, many, many years. So she compares women, the way they are treated, to the way African-Americans are and the way Jews are.
0: Okay. So
1: for Americans, it's particularly interesting from that perspective.
0: Exactly, and certainly uh, both groups continue uh, to to uh, deal with the struggle of identity uh, in these United States. And again, she's very sensitive to that. I find that interesting about about her life. Um, The other. One thing that puzzles me, and and perhaps you might uh, have some idea, um, she abandoned her uh, Roman Catholic religious tradition Mm -hmm. uh, as a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, um, she was very critical as a teenager of the prescribed bourgeois Catholic role of woman Mm -hmm. uh, as she saw it. Um, But um, I'm thinking she didn't totally, Did she really totally abandon that role in connection with her relationship with Jean Paul Sartre? I I I just wonder whether well she had a second she was second place.
1: Well, I need to talk about both Sartre and Nelson Algren in that respect. But I'll I'll begin with Sartre and Beauvoir. Um, First of all. She said, as a teenager, she did not want to live her life um, with a particular um, code in mind, except her own. So she said she would not follow the church, she would never marry, nor would she ever have a child. And actually, Sathma did at one point ask her to marry him, oh, and she he did, but she thought it was just for form, and she she refused it. But when she first met him, she said, for the first time, I have met somebody who is more intelligent than I am. Oh, yes.
0: Wow. Yes, yes. Okay.
1: Yes. And when they graduated from the Sorbonne, um, they both were brilliant in uh, their agrégation, in their oral exams. And... It was a difficult decision, whether she was number one in the class or whether he was. But the fact that he was from l'école normale supérieure, <laughs> right. one of the Ivy Leagues of France, if you Ex- will, exactly. gave him the little extra push.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yes. But um, in their relationship, which was a lifelong relationship, they knew that as far as love interest was concerned that there'd be many other people that their relationship in fact she said south was not a particularly good lover <laughs> um she felt that Algren was really the well, she had many many lovers but probably nelson Algren more than any of the other lovers was most important in her life in fact when she was buried she was buried wearing a ring that Nelson Algren had given her, and she had never taken it off. So Sartre was always her intellectual mate. No one ever took that place. That was his, his Interesting.
0: alone. And so they had this open relationship. Oh,
1: absolutely, both of them. Um, there was no je- Well, I don't know. Maybe there was some jealousy involved from time to time. She was only human, as was he. But that was the agreement.
0: And but I when I hear that, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about uh, the sixties in the United States, where things were opening up, you mm-hmm. know uh, and uh, but they were doing this decades before.
1: Yes, yes, now, um, with Nelson Algren, there you find a more traditional role for Beauvoir. Oh really? And, oh yes, it can be quite <laughs> breathtaking. If you read the letters that they wrote to one another um, and she said things in her letters such as, I'll mop the floor for you, I'll cook for you, I'll be your wife forever, yes, yes.
0: Which, which again, for me, reverts back to her uh, days uh, uh, as a believer, you know, and the, and the bourgeois role that I guess her parents had expected her to take.
1: Well. Her mother was a very devout Catholic. Her father was not. Nonetheless, they were both very conservative. And uh, for example, he never wanted her to read Colette because he felt that Colette was much too, um, much too much of a free thinker, and her women were not role models that he wanted Beauvoir to uh, discover.
0: So.
1: But Colette, by the way, is cited in the second sex more than any other writer. Yes, Beauvoir felt that Colette really captured, better than anyone else, female experience. Yes, Indeed. And you know, uh, people have asked me when I talk about her relationship with Algren, are you disappointed in her when you read her love letters? And I'm not, because no one is a monolith, and no one who calls herself a feminist can adhere to that very strict role.
0: Right, right.
1: 24 hours a day throughout a lifetime. She was just very much in love.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, You've mentioned several times uh, feminism, mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned uh, that she did not call herself uh, uh, a feminist. Uh, even though, uh, you know, uh, uh, The Second Sex was uh, written in 1949 mm-hmm. and it wasn't until later that she adapted or identified as a, uh, uh, as a feminist. Uh, could you, uh, what do you make of that, and uh, this, this transition?
1: Well, you know, when she wrote The Second Sex she just simply wanted to explore the role of women in society she spent three years researching it she read everything she could get her hands on um, with regard to women now you also have to remember that French women didn't get the vote until 1944 so um, it was a very different society from American society in that respect and also um, feminism wasn't a term used when the second sex right So it wasn't until her role as activist that she began to use that role because she clearly knew that she was part of the feminist movement. So she signed a manifesto Mm -hmm. uh, saying that she had had an abortion when French women were uh, protesting to get legal abortion in France, which they did in 1975. They were also protesting for uh, birth control because they didn't have access to birth control until 1967. Oh, yeah, uh, so you can see it was a different
0: a different time, a different era mm-hmm, uh, in and, France. And, you know, and in some sense, she uh, spearheaded or or was very influential in the changes that took place Absolutely. you know, throughout the country.
1: Absolutely. And so she, when women were out on the streets, Um, protesting X Y and Z she was out there with them and but that didn't happen until much later in her life remember she was born in 1908 and died in 1986 so she was um, you know in her 60s 70s when the feminist movement in in France was taking place
0: As you uh, reflect on her life and your research uh, on on her work, um, what do you feel is Simone de Beauvoir's Beauvoir's, uh, legacy?
1: Again, I have to come back to the notion of gender. We can't get away from it. And to think that she is the one who launched that discussion with her famous sentence and by the way that sentence doesn't appear until about midway through the first volume of the second sex because it's in the section devoted to childhood so she begins by pointing out that no female is born a woman it's a social construct that is imposed on her and in fact one of the reasons that I loved Annie Yarnot was that she made that social constraint very clear in her novels, very clear. Okay. And she cites Beauvoir. For example, in The Frozen Woman, La Femme Relée, she cites Beauvoir and the impact Beauvoir had on her when she was a university student in the 60s. So you see, it really isn't until the 60s at the earliest that the second sex is beginning to have a real impact right. in France, and in the states as well because the uh, translation didn't come out until 53 1953 so I we can't get away from the second sex I mean as far as other I mean she wrote so many things she was obviously a philosopher so she wrote essays Uh, that had a philosophical bent, political essays, memoirs. She wrote one play. Um, So she was, I mean, she wrote all the time. I mean, she wrote about her own life all the time. So um, she wrote a book about old age, which I have on my shelf and I've not read yet. I'm putting it off. Um, She wrote uh, La Cérémonie des Adieux, she wrote about, this was about the last 10 li- uh, years of Sartre's life, mm. and she did not spare him at all. She described in vivid detail all of the unfortunate aspects of growing old. Her, she was a wonderful novelist. I mean, um, She Came to Stay is the English translation of *Landitè*. Um, a novel in which she discusses the relationship that she and Sartre had with their students. They would always choose a female student to be part of their relationship, and it was called Le Trio, The Trio.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The novel that won the French equivalent of the Pulitzer, uh, the Goncourt, she won that for The Mandarins, which is a roman à clé about her relationship with Sartre and Albert Camus, and Nelson Algren as well.
0: Okay, okay. So, in some sense, she is a universal woman uh, and represents um, uh, the recognition of woman as person
1: absolutely and there's something for everyone indeed yes
0: well i can't believe our time has run out but i i want to thank you for bringing this uh, Simone de Beauvoir, de, de Beauvoir out, uh, out, of, um, out of the closet into our, into our uh, thinking and uh, reflection.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. I enjoyed it immensely. Okay. Thank you.
0: My guest today has been uh, Dr. Elizabeth Vitti, who is a, a, a professor Mari of French Language and Literature at Gettysburg College for the seminary explorers. This is Nelson Strobert. Have a good day. You have been listening to The Seminary Explores, a production of United Lutheran Seminary with campuses in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We invite you to visit our website at unitedlutheranseminary.edu. All opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of United Lutheran Seminary or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.